Amen. That's one of the first times I think I could hear the congregation singing through your masks, which is kind of nice. We have uh, finished the book of Ecclesiastes, and we're going to take at least a one-week break before we jump into a different series. And today I want us to to look at the life of Jesus. Um, It's always good to return to Jesus, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, every so often. Um, If the the Bible has a center, (laughs) uh, a theological center that is, not a physical center, I think the center physically is is the book of Psalms somewhere, but a theological center, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the life of Jesus himself when Christ enters into, the Son of God enters into our world lives a sinless and perfect life, dies on the cross for our sins, and rises from the dead. And I want us to look specifically at Jesus' prayer life. Uh, He taught us to pray. He taught us uh, by actually telling us a model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. But he also taught us by actually modeling with his life prayer. Um, And I think right now is a good time to think and look to Jesus and his model of prayer, right here, as we said, in the midst of a pandemic that's getting worse and an election that's been very divisive and controversial this upcoming week. Tensions are high. Fear and anxiety are everywhere and people are hurting and suffering. What do we do as Christians? We pray. We pray. Is prayer a priority in your own life? I want you to consider. Are you praying daily? Are you praying more now than you were before? And I mean genuinely, seriously praying. Not just going through the motions, but really spending time with the Lord. We're going to be in Mark chapter 1, short passage, 35 to 39. It's pretty neat. Many of you guys may remember Brad Townley, Reverend Brad Townley. He preached over the summer for me. Well, he just uh, tweeted on Twitter that he's preaching on Mark 1, 35 to 39 this morning. And I said, that's just this morning I saw it and I said, I'm preaching on the exact same passage. And he said, a coincidence? I think not. So... Here we are together in Mark chapter 1, 35 to 39. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, meaning Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of the Lord. Three points this morning. First, Jesus modeled the priority of prayer for us. Uh, Second, other things will try to deprioritize prayer. And thirdly, we'll come to prayer leads to fruitful and effective prayer. Ministry, But first, look at verse, just verse 35, that Jesus models the priority of prayer for us. Uh, Jesus prayed often. Uh, remember that when you read one of the four Gospels, or each of the four Gospels, uh, not everything that Jesus did and said is recorded. Uh, there is a lot. Obviously, it doesn't record every meal that he ate. <laughs> uh, it doesn't record every time he went to sleep at night doesn't even record all of his miracles. At the end of the Gospel of John, it says if we were to record all of the miracles that Jesus did, it wouldn't be a library in the world big enough to cover all that he did. It would cover the entire 
earth. So we only get sort of little snippets part of what Jesus actually did. And yet one thing we see again and again is that Jesus often prays. He often prays. And in this particular verse, he rises early in the morning while it's still dark. Uh, why does he do that? Well, probably a couple of reasons. One, he doesn't want to, to make a show of it. He's not there to sort of uh, show off that he's out there in the public squares in front of everybody at the most busy time of the day in the market to show off. Also, I think he's starting his day, uh, the beginning of his day, how he's going to go about that day by prayer. It says he departed, so he, he left where he was at, and he finds a desolate place, which isn't too hard in Israel. It's a desert, although he is up there in the north, uh, near Capernaum, around the Sea of Galilee. But you could find quiet, desolate places, certainly, at that point in time. And remember, already, here in chapter 1, by this point, uh, Jesus has some crazy fame. I mean, people are coming out of the woodwork to see him already. And it says, he prays. He speaks with the Father. He listens to the Father. <laughs> he has a relationship with God the Father. That may be somewhat mysterious for you. What does it mean that, that Jesus prays? I mean, he is God, right? He is one in nature with the eternal God. He is the Son of God, only begotten, one essence with the Father. You know, full-blown Trinitarian uh, theology here. Uh, he has all power in and of himself. Why does he pray? Well, first, I think we could say he does it as an example to us. As I said, Jesus is fully human and like us. Um, in every way, yet without sin, we're called to pray. Jesus lives a sinless and perfect life, which would mean he would pray, which would mean we should pray also. But more than that, God is a triune God. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father for all eternity before the incarnation and all eternity after. There is a relationship in the very nature of of God, and we get to get a little glimpse of it as Jesus will get away from everyone to spend time with his heavenly Father. And friends, I would just say if Jesus needs to pray, <laughs> how much more you and I, right? We need to pray. We are desperately in need of prayer. Uh, before we move on, as an application here, certainly follow Jesus' example. Uh, pray. First, that's, that's a pretty basic application here. Pray. Um, I, just start praying. If you're someone who doesn't pray, just begin. Uh, you say, well, what's the right way to pray? Um, let me say this. Uh, my way of praying is probably better than your way of not. Right? So just pray. Just pray. If, if that means you're journaling down in a notebook your prayer requests, if it means you're, you're reading your prayers from a, a book, if it means you've got to go for a prayer walk around the neighborhood, it doesn't matter. Just, just begin somewhere and start praying. Take some time of your day. I like the morning. I think it's a good time. I don't think that's a command in Scripture that it has to be the morning. Some prefer night. Maybe the middle of the day. But spend some time alone with the Lord. Yes, pray with other people. Pray at your new community groups that will be starting a week, two weeks, not this week, but the week following. Uh, pray with your church, certainly. Um, but make sure you're also one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. Spending time in his presence. I'd encourage you certainly to read the word and when you pray. Uh, the Bible is filled with prayers. 
The whole book of Psalms, of course, is basically prayers. But right there in the narratives, we have people who cry out to God in prayer. Jesus, as I said, his life is filled with prayer. Paul's letters, like uh, the Tuesday morning study he's going to be doing Ephesians, so much of it is a prayer, spoken or written, really directed towards God. We've got to pray. Uh, that's not the end, of course. 36 and 37, other things will deprioritize Prayer, and I think I made up the word deprioritize, by the way. I don't know if that's a real word. It'll lower the priority of prayer. It'll fight for the priority, the, the, pri- the place of highest priority when it comes to prayer. And we see here what happens. Simon, who is Peter, Simon Peter, um, hunts him down. That word is a very aggressive word, particularly in the Greek. Those with him search him out um, and basically kind of rebuke him a little bit. Uh, you know, you didn't consult with us, Jesus, when you went out here to pray. <laughs> you didn't get our permission. What are you doing out here by yourself? They eventually find him, and they, again, has, has the sort of tone of rebuke. Everybody's looking for you. What are you doing? You shouldn't be out here. How dare you go out here by yourself when everybody needs you and everybody is looking for you? We, we, you don't have time for this kind of thing. You got people to see. You got things to do. Praying can wait to some other time. The, the Pharisees are asking us questions. They want answers. The, the sick are showing up at our door. They want to be healed. The, the people are asking for more teaching because they're drawn to your every word. And yet Jesus makes the highest priority out of prayer. See, prayer is so easy to, to drop in priority, isn't it? I mean, anything can come before prayer. People say all the time, I don't have time to pray. Friends, if that is true, then you are busier than God wants you to be. God has given you and me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, 365 and a quarter. The same amount that he has given to every person on the planet. Well, today we get 25 hours, actually, right? Sorry, because we have the same amount he gives to every president, the same amount he gives to every great missionary, the same amount of time he gives to Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and all these people who create all these crazy inventions, the same amount of time he gave to Billy Graham. Think about that. Billy Graham, i got a picture of Billy Graham because I love Billy Graham preaching, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association estimated that, that Graham preached the gospel to more than 215 million people in more than 185 countries and territories since he began in 1947. He reached hundreds of millions more on television, through video, and in film, and he did it with 24 hours in a day. <laughs> Same as you and me. And you know what he said at the end of his life? I wish I spent less time preaching and more time praying. Same amount of time, by the way, he gave that Jesus had in his earthly ministry. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 and a quarter days a year. There is no excuse not to pray. Uh, And we sometimes look at prayer as as the lowest priority, right? Um, All we can do now is pray. What does that mean? That's, that's That's the last resort, right? We, we've exhausted 
all other realistic options, so now we can just pray. <laughs> that's, that's literally taking prayer and putting it on the absolute bottom. Friends, if we have access to the king of the universe, <laughs> the, the creator of everything that is, that's not your last line of defense. That is your first highest priority to go to him, to look to him and to his counsel, to seek his face, to look towards his advice and his call. Right, let's be the exception, right? As a church and as individuals, let's be the exception. Let's be those who really do prioritize prayer above all else in the Christian life. Uh, think about it. The Christian life begins with a prayer. Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Uh, we're called to continue daily. When Jesus taught us to pray, what did he say? Give us this day our daily bread, which means that's a prayer you pray every single day. <laughs> he didn't say give us our weekly bread, our monthly bread, our yearly bread. It's daily because you're going to pray the next day for daily bread too and the day after that. We're constantly with him in prayer. And what is heaven but ultimately that ongoing relationship with God that prayer represents in this life? The pandemic, as we've said, has shut a lot of things down. But it has not shut down prayer, right? In fact, I think, as a church, we are praying more together now than perhaps we ever have. And part of that is even using things like Facebook Live. And even our eldest elder, Dennis, I have a picture, I think, um, has figured it out, right? So there's Dennis on Facebook Live, uh, hooked up to the internet, and, uh, and he has even figured out how to connect with us in prayer. And I know, Don, I was hoping he would be here today, but uh, he's not feeling so great. But Dennis, if you're watching online, thank you for leading one on our Friday noontime prayer. Uh, being quarantined, as many of us have been or perhaps will be in days to come, um, gives us all the more time on our hands to do what with? Watch TV? Sure, some, I guess. But pray as well. If you can't pray in person, it gives us an opportunity to make those phone calls and pray together. You know, so they, they say a trend in many churches nowadays, and I'm not here just to be critical, but some churches, they don't pray during the service. And I think, uh, what are you teaching your, your, your folks about prayer? Believe in prayer. Pray often. And then after you pray, look for those answers. And when you see them, thank him for it. And then rinse and repeat. Do it over and over and over. Keep praying to the Lord and keep trusting that he hears and answers prayer. God loves prayer and he loves persistent prayer. I don't know why. It's the mind of God. But he calls us to not just pray once, but to pray over and over like the persistent widow. And it pleases the heart of God. I think because it shows our dependency upon him. And then look at how this short passage ends, 38 to 39. What does it lead to? It leads to, to fruitful and effective ministry. Uh, Jesus' response uh, to Simon and to the group is said, okay, I'm ready now. I'm finished, I finished my prayer for the, the time. Now let's move on to the next towns. <laughs> that's, his, that's his answer after coming out of prayer. Not go back to the big crowd of people waiting for him in Capernaum. He's going to disappoint a lot of people. But he's seeking to please one and only one. And to that one, he has spent time in prayer and has decided it is time to move on. He's preached there in Capernaum already. It's time to move on to reach more and more people. It says here to eventually preach to all of Galilee. And he goes, it says, into the synagogues. 
So he's ministering the word in the synagogue, which, by the way, is a sort of the model for the church right from the beginning, its earliest days, that we as Christians also meet and exposit the word of God and pray together and worship the Lord, even today. And not only that, casting out demons. Why that addition? Because, again, it's a miraculous work. It's demonstrating spiritual power. Where did that come from? It comes partly from spending that time in the presence of God in prayer. Jesus' prayer led to action. So important to see. Uh, We see this, by the way, not just in the life of Jesus, but throughout the Bible, uh, people inquire of the Lord, which basically means they go to him in prayer. I did a little study this week on uh, inquiring of the Lord. I won't read all of these verses, verses, but we see it over and over. Judges chapter 1, after the death of Joshua, a major loss for Israel. What did they do? The people of the Lord, inqui- people of Israel inquired of the Lord. We see that throughout the book of Judges, Judges 20, 27, and the people of Israel inquired of the Lord again. We see that in 1 Samuel, in the work of Samuel and David. They inquire of the Lord, is there, there a man still to come? And the Lord said, behold, he has hidden himself among the, ba- the baggage, meaning in reference to Saul, 1 Samuel 10, 22. David himself, 1 Samuel 23, 2. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord says, go and attack the Philistines and save Kayla. Again and again through Samuel, 1 Samuel 23, 4, 38. 2 Samuel 2, 1, David inquires of the Lord. He seeks after the face of God before making any major moves and doing anything of of great importance. Uh, We see it, um, not only that, uh, also later on into the scriptures as well. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, we have a rebuke for those who don't inquire of the Lord as well, by the way. So Jeremiah uh, 10, 21, for the shepherds are stupid. The shepherds mean the spiritual leaders. And do not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, they have not prospered, and all their flock is scattered. Uh, Isaiah 9.13, the people did not turn to him who struck them, nor inquire of the Lord. And sometimes we see in Israel's worst moments, they inquire of other gods instead of the Lord. Second Kings 1.6, thus says the Lord, is it because there is no God in Israel that you, send, you are sending to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron? And Isaiah 8.19, And when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead in behalf of the living? Friends, let's be about those who inquire of the Lord. <laughs> Seek his face first. Uh, what, what is the next direction, Lord? What's the next decision, major decision you want us to make, individually in our lives or as a church? For Jesus, do I go back to Capernaum or, and continue to disciple all these people, or do I move on to the next town? And he gets his answer. Is it time to go to Jerusalem, or do I stay up here in Galilee? And not only that, to, to seek the Lord is to get the, the power, the spiritual power to do what was needed next. Real spiritual power over these demonic forces comes through the Lord and his power. And so we spend time in prayer. To be spirit-led, obedient to the will of the Lord is to inquire of him and to follow his will. Friends, let's pray, especially during these days, for fruitful ministry. Pray for your leaders. 
please (laughs) pray for your pastors, your elders, your deacons, as we just did this morning for our deacons, that the Lord would guide us, he would empower us to be faithful to him through these times. Pray for missionaries. They need our prayers. When a missionary comes here and says, "More, more than I need money, more than I need you to reach out to us, uh, I, I, we need you to pray. They're not just saying that. I think they really mean it. We need, we recognize the spiritual battle we find ourselves in. And friends, certainly pray for our church during these days that God would give us wisdom, he would guide us, he would direct us, and he'd give us the power. And pray for our worldly leaders that ultimately God would show mercy and again, give us better than we deserve. Prayer is the priority. Jesus modeled it for us in his own life. So many things will tempt us to deprioritize it. And it is needed for fruitful ministry. God's the one who brings the harvest. God is the one who brings true spiritual transformation. It only comes through prayer. What is God's estimation of prayer? How high does he see it? So it would seem God will use whatever it takes to get his people to pray. He will use instability in our country. He will use a reminder of our mortality and a seemingly unstoppable virus. He will use perhaps even our loneliness in quarantine to get us to our knees and to pray. Pray, pray, pray. As we approach this coming week, friends, we don't know what the future holds. But we know the one who holds the future. It's in his hands. And let's go to him. Pray with me. Gracious Father, again, we are, we're so grateful that we have this gift, a grace really to us, that there is not a, a set of rituals, a, a, an order of ceremonies that we have to undergo in order to be in your presence. We, we literally just stop, close our eyes. We don't even have to close our eyes, but we just stop and address ourselves to you and know that you hear us. And Father, I think we could spend the rest of this day testifying to the ways you have heard and answered prayer for us individually and for us as a church. I think our country at this point in time, Lord, more than it needs our vote, more than it needs our voice, (laughs) it needs our prayers. And we lift it up before you, Lord. May the gospel witness be clear. May you bring this pandemic to an end, Lord. May you be with those who are hurting financially, those who are isolated, those who are growing fatigued and worried. May you revive us again. Hear us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.